lovely, isn't she? Great, it's our Hannah. Thank you for, for that, Hannah. Um, could you turn to your Bibles, please, on your phones or on, in books? And it's Exodus chapter 5, verses 22. Have you already read it, Hannah? You haven't read it, have you? You were going to read it, and then... Am I going to read it now? You're going to read it. Oh, that's... Yes. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hands, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hands, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant." Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country. But Moses said to the Lord, if the Israelites will not listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me since I speak with faltering lips? Our story begins in a very, very discouraging place for Moses. Having been to Pharaoh to ask him to let the people go, conditions for the people of God, for the Israelites, are made far worse. They were already experiencing forced labor, and now they have to keep up their production targets, but with fewer resources. They are treated cruelly and with many insults if they do not make enough bricks, if they don't meet their targets. So the people turn against Moses and blame him for their plight. So Moses speaks with God about this, and this is where we begin. Could we just have slide two from the PowerPoint? The first slide is just the heading. So this is very plain speaking, and I don't know whether this is the way that you and I speak to God. I would encourage us all to speak honestly 
to God and not wrap it all up and to tell him what's on our heart. And as we think about what Moses had to say, that it was all sliding away from him, so it was going worse to the people, the people were criticizing him and blaming him. Let's just for a moment just reflect that back to ourselves and just think, what's going on for us at the moment? What's going well? What's perhaps not going quite so well? Where are our encouragements? And perhaps where are our discouragements? The second point we're going to look at is how did Moses' involvement, <coughs> pardon me, in freeing God's people all start? How did it all start? Well, it started because a man called Joseph, who was uh, the son of Jacob, had rescued the people of Israel from starvation. He had been taken into Egypt, as we will know earlier in, in the book of Genesis, and basically he had, through a sort of mastermind operation, organized food to be kept, and then basically when a famine occurred in the land, the Egyptians and the people of God were saved. The problem is that a new leader, a new pharaoh, as they were called, of Egypt was, uh, was now on the throne. The previous one had died, who knew Joseph, who knew God, who knew about the rescue. And this person was not in favor of the Israelites at all. And so he had made life really difficult for them. He turned the people of Israel basically into slaves. And we will know the story, and it's been preached about in previous weeks, that God speaks to Moses through a burning bush and calls him to rescue the people of God. This is what it says in some earlier uh, verses. It says this, During that long period, the king of Egypt died, the Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help, because of their slavery, went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. I just wanted to say that Joseph had found himself in a wilderness place and he was out of touch with the people of God. He was away from them for a reason which we'll look at very shortly. And he was looking after sheep. Of course, we're familiar with David and we're familiar with the shepherds at Christmas. And he was looking after sheep and God spoke to him. I just want to say tonight, I didn't mention this point this morning, but whatever we're doing and wherever we find ourselves, it seems clear from this that God can speak to us and call us to do work for him. And what God called Moses to do when he spoke to him at that time before tonight's passage, he told 
Moses who God is. He told him something about the people of Israel and he told him what he wanted Moses to do. He said that God was the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph, so, jo- so Moses would have known all the stories and known that this was a faithful God. He um, communicated very, very clearly to Moses that he was very concerned about the people, he knew all about their slavery, and he was going to lead them into a land flowing with milk and honey which I took to mean a land that would have all the resources that would be needed. And thirdly, he said to Moses, just go to Pharaoh and tell him to let God's people go. We just need to just think about those words for a moment. This is the man who hated the Israelites and everything they stood for and was actually at one point trying to get baby boys murdered. Um, because he didn't want the Israelite numbers to build up. And God is saying to Moses, go to him and just tell him to let the people of God go. So Moses did that. He went to Pharaoh and he, we come to our third section, and he, he went to, to Pharaoh and he said, you need to let the people of God go. And what Pharaoh did was that he increased the punishment on the people, and as it said in the earlier passage, he made them make far more, uh, sorry, he made them make the, the same amount of output, but made life very much more difficult for them. So where we, where we are in, with this tonight is a man, Moses, who has done what God asked him to do, even though he didn't think he could do it, and it's got worse. So let's just pause for a minute and think about situations in our lives or in the lives of people who we love where things don't seem to be, as it were, in a superficial way, getting better. And in fact, the people who'd... Uh, Some other people, some Israelite overseers, went to see Pharaoh and they came back and spoke to Moses and his friend Aaron and they said, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. So this was a really, really bad moment for Moses. And so what I would like us to think about at the moment is moments in our own life when, or situations in our own life which are really difficult for us or people we know. And this is what God says to Moses. And we read it out of chapter six. First of all, God says, I've got a mighty hand. So he's strong enough to act. Secondly, God says to Moses, I'll drive out your enemies. And so in the military, they say, I've got your back. Thirdly, God says that he had appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so God is saying to Moses, I can reveal myself to you. In fact, I am revealing myself to you. And we can say to ourselves, Lord, would you reveal yourself to me? Fourthly, God says, I keep my promises. 
I said I would let the people go. And the word in the Old Testament is the word covenant. It's almost like a legal contract. Fifthly, God says something about his hearing. He said he'd heard the people's groaning. And so we could say tonight, God knows what we're going through, what we're feeling about it, and what we're trying to say to him. Next, God says he will bring the Israelites Israelites out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. He is our redeemer rescuer. He will, he will rescue them and set them free. Now Hannah was praying earlier about the nation and about things that sort of entrap people in their lives. And I simply want to say this. God was rescuing the people from being slaves to Egypt and treated very badly. We could say, what are we a slave to? What have we got hanging over us? What are we not free of? And we know in front of God we long to be free. And I love this phrase. God is saying almost finally, I will redeem you. That means... I will buy you back from bad things with an outstretched arm. And I love the concept, the idea of wherever you feel you are away from God, he can stretch out and reach you. And finally, God says this, you will be my people and I will be your God. And we could say, even with all this stuff going on in my life, I belong to God. Now, because Moses had said various things to God during his life, we could almost imagine a negative reaction from him. Let's just have the final slide, if we could. These are some of the things that Moses said to God when God called him. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? So Moses had heard God's voice, and that's what he said to him. The second one, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past, etc., etc. So he's he's actually saying to God, "Um, you've got it wrong about me. Honest words. But the, the last one is the best. Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send somebody else. And so we could almost hear Moses saying to God, thank you for this long list of things that you're going to do for us. Don't think it's quite enough. Could you specify a few more things that you could do for us? As we draw to a close, let's just think about this man Moses. Moses had a very, very insecure start in his life. At the time when he was born, there was active genocide going on against the people of God. And the Pharaoh had, in, had instructed uh, the soldiers and so on to kill members of the Israelites. So his mother, Moses' mother, um, put him in a basket and let him go. And I just think, I just think being a parent, I just think that that's really, really difficult to do that. And in fact, he was brought up, he was brought up by his mother because Pharaoh's daughter saw this happening and handed the, the baby boy back to the mother. But 
he was brought up later on in the court of the Egyptians and seeing an Egyptian treating an Israelite badly, he just murdered that Egyptian. So secondly, he had a guilty secret and he had to run away. He lost his identity as a member of the people of God and he was seen as an Egyptian who'd run away. And he actually said, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. Now this struck me very deeply as I was preparing it. I thought to myself, he's, he's got all this disappointment. He's, he's followed what God has asked him to do. He's got the people against me. And he's also got quite a difficult background and the stuff in his life which he's carrying, which is very, very difficult for him. And so, this sermon series, this term, is about living courageously. And so, if we're living courageously, we want to follow what God's call is on our life. And we may be a little bit like Moses. We may be feeling a little bit discouraged, or we may feel that the stuff going on in our life. So I just want to conclude by saying this. There's the cross, uh, belongs to the church there with the cloth round it. And down by the cross, there are some post-its and some pens. And if you would like, in response to what we've been talking about tonight, to actually bring something to God so that you can hold on to his promises, then can I warmly encourage you to do that? And can I just say these three things just as we close? Can we look back on our lives and our memories and hold on to the fact that God was there for us? Can we hold on to the presence of God in our lives in this present moment? He loves us, he sent his son to die for us, and we are in his family. And, like Moses, finally, can we trust God for our future, whatever that may bring, and whatever he is calling us to do, and can we place it in God's hand? Let's just, let's just have a moment of quiet and then if you'd like to do a post-it, then just feel free. Let's just have a moment. Just to do a bit of business with God. <coughs> Speak honestly with him, just like Moses did. Allow him to minister to you. Try and be listening and open. <clears throat>